0: All right, my name is Joel Halpin. I am pastor of this church, and today we are finishing up a series that we started a few weeks ago called Technologically Challenged. Um, If you have a phone, go ahead, everybody, you can take out your phone. You have permission to take out your phone. Go ahead, if you're a guy, check your fantasy football. Make sure your starting lineup is perfect. And then from there, go to connectionpoint.life. And remember, every week at connectionpoint.life, that's where you can find our sermon notes. That's where you can follow along. And so if you're new, you can even click on the I'm new card. It's the first one you'll see. And by the way, if you click on that and fill out your information, uh, what we do with your information is this. We do not put it into a database where you will be emailed and emailed and emailed. What we do is we drop off a gift at your house. It's the gift is my favorite thing in the whole world. In fact, if you've received this gift, you can vouch. It's a pretty neat gift. And then you'll get no thank you notes for coming. You'll get emails saying thanks for being here. Uh, you'll only get a few emails for like one a week for a few weeks. And then you can delete those real easy if you, if you don't want to come back. And then after that, uh, that's all, I'm from. Not, we're not going to keep bugging you. But I do want to encourage you, we would love for you to come back, and so give us a chance to invite you back, drop off some gifts, and, uh, and we would love to know that you are here today. But at the end of it, you'll also notice at the bottom of the sermon notes today, at connectionpoint.life, if you'll go to the sermon notes, i put some book recommendations, some of the books that I've read for um, preparing for this uh, Series. One of them is this book called TechWise, TechWise Family. Um, It's a pretty good book. There's another one, 12 Ways uh, That Your Phone Is Changing You. Uh, That is worth reading as well. Both of those are from a Christian perspective. In fact, this one, if you are new to the faith or maybe you uh, are are just coming back to the faith, this one might seem a little radical in some ways. This is the Ten Commandments of, of Technology. Um, today and so uh, some of these are how I've structured this mess I mean this series, by the way. And then there's another one called Digital Minimalism. I would recommend that if you really are convicted and would like to begin to wean yourself off of your phone, that's a good one as well. And so hopefully those resources will allow you to continue to pursue some of the things you may be convicted of uh, by the Holy Spirit in this message. And. Uh, We're going to get into this last one today. I'm very excited about this message. This is really the first uh, message that came to mind when we prepared this series. So we're going to have a word of prayer, and then we'll get into it. So let's pray. Lord, we come before you today ready to have our hearts changed and aligned with you. Lord, for everyone here that is maybe feeling as if we're not worthy to be in front of a holy and a pure God, Lord, I pray that today we'll find freedom. For those of us that are stuck in a sin or maybe we're hiding a part of our life and it's convicting us, it's crushing us, and we wish we could have freedom from this, Lord, today, I pray, is the day that we find freedom. For some of us that for so long have gone to church and just viewed church as religion, as a set of rules in which we've got to follow in order for you to love us, Lord, today I pray that we'll see you in a whole new light, that we'll understand that this is a church that values relationship over religion, Lord, and I pray that that will come to light today, and we will walk out of here with a relationship with You, being loved by our heavenly Father. And Lord, we pray that the Cowboys beat the Saints in Jesus' name. We pray, Amen. <laughs> you want me to put it? No, I'm just kidding. I, I couldn't do that. Kevin, you'll have to beg, I beg your forgiveness. I forget about, I forget about the ones that are walking far, far from the Lord. So, we've got everyone in here. (laughs) Okay, okay, man, we've we've had a, uh, we're having a coup in here. All right, let's get serious. God is going to do some stuff today, win or lose, God is going to move today. And so, thank you all very much uh, for putting up with me, okay? Um, About, uh, actually it was probably five or six years ago, there was a a site that you may or may not have heard of. It was called Ashley Madison. It may still be around, but Ashley Madison was a site that encouraged people to cheat on their spouses. In fact, the, the tagline for the website was, life is short, have an affair. And what it encouraged you to do is you could log on and you could... With uh, an anonymous you know username, you could log in and you could find someone else that wanted to have an affair. And there were several things that were a problem with this. The first one is, is that the ratio of men to women on this site was one to thirteen thousand of women to men was one to 13,000. So for every one uh, woman on there there were 13,000 men that jumped onto this and you can quickly see that it was really a fantasy setup. it wasn't real, but there was a group that was a, a hacking group. They called themselves the Impact Team. And what they decided to do was they hacked into Ashley Madison. And this happened in 2015. It was pretty well publicized. They hacked into Ashley Madison and everyone that had gone in and tried to delete their profile, in other words, they had tried to kind of cleanse their digital trail, so to speak. So anyone that had gone in and deleted their profile and and thought, hey, I'm done with this. Maybe they had 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 an experience and said, I I don't want to be a part of this. They assumed that was gone. And what happened was the impact team gained access to this because they were not actually deleted. The impact team then broadcast and leaked this out. And many, many people found out that what they thought they had covered, what they thought they had stopped, they had not covered. And in fact, it's not just having an, an affair. It's also when it comes to pornography, there's many of us that spend a lot of our time covering a digital trail and some of us, it may not be a digital trail, it may be just a sinful trail of our life that we spend a lot of times hiding. And one of the interesting things about technology is technology has actually enabled us to hide more than we ever thought we would be able to hide. I wanna give you some stats just to kind of ta- or, or highlight the, the issue. 62% of teenagers have received a nude picture on their phone in the last month. 40% have sent a nude photo in the last month. The number one reason that teenagers say they view pornography, which, by the way, the, the uh, average age for, for kids now starting is around 10 to 11 years old. And the reason that most of them give for viewing pornography is boredom. In fact, that's the same answer that most single men give for looking at pornography. But what's interesting is that married men give a very different uh, excuse or reason. Married men say that it's actually helping their marriage. Married men give the excuse that this is something that if they didn't do, then it would cause other issues in their marriage. By the way, studies show that this is a false narrative, that this is not actually true, that people who view pornography, whether single or married, actually have a harder time in their relationships. Now, when we actually get into how, they, how we navigate pornography, when it comes to teenagers, 79% of teenagers say that no one is helping them and no one is guiding them through their battle with pornography. Of the 21% that say that, that they have someone, the number one person they say that is guiding them is their boyfriend or their girlfriend. When we look at this issue, it's real easy for us because we all know someone. And if it's not pornography, there are many other digital issues. Whether it's projecting someone that you are not, whether it's jealousy, all of the th- issues that come. Almost all of us have a digital trail that we're trying to hide in some way back to Ashley Madison, when it all came down, it was very intriguing to me, there were several pastors that got caught up into this, and I kind of got this kind of self-righteous anger that a pastor would do this at first, and then I read the story of a professor who was actually a professor in seminary, he was also a pastor, and it was exposed, his wife uh, found out, and it was broadcast that he was on this website, Ashley Madison, and he killed himself because he could not deal with the shame that came with it and and when I read his story I also read his wife's story of dealing with not just finding out that her husband had gone to the site but then the aftermath of his legacy being tarnished and he being losing the one that she had spent her life with. Now again I was kind of torn when I was thinking about this but a sense of empathy came over me as I kind of put myself in his shoes and began to realize the the moments that this man must have gone through before he took his own life, of realizing that he thought he was covering something, he thought he was managing something, and it had probably gotten out of control, it was probably something that he never actually acted on, it was something that in his heart maybe it was a fantasy, maybe he thought it would give him something that it never probably did. But when it all came crushing down, it began to just press and press. And I thought about his, his feelings, the moments and the days before he took his own life. How hard it must have been to know that, that his past was crushing him so much and that there was nothing he could do now to erase it. He thought he could control it, but he couldn't. Today, as we talk about this topic, I want to make sure that we understand that we are not going to stay crushed under a rock because there are many of us in this very room that have either are trying to make sure we keep our our, our sins hidden, we keep our digital trail, and maybe our analog trails as well, hidden. And a lot of it, though, it's not that we desire these things, it's that we're caught in a sin, we're caught in an addiction. And we feel as if we were to admit it, if we were to let somebody know It would destroy some of our relationships. It would put us in a worse position. And so we try to manage our sins. We try to keep the hiding. We try to keep thinking this false idea that we can somehow cleanse our past, that we can somehow remove our digital trail. And so today, I want us, especially those of us that maybe you're right now, you're thinking, oh, man, I don't even want to think about this. I don't want to even look at anyone. I don't want to think about this. In fact, do this thought experiment. You know that right now there's a device listening to us. Your phone, everybody's phone right now is, is hearing the words I'm saying. We had an interesting thing happen last year. I, um, I had Joey and Megan were over, in fact, and we had uh, a conversation about the moon landing. And the next day, I got and advertisements on three different platforms. I got moon landing uh, advertisements. It was very freaky. Uh, Not advertisements. They were articles. And so don't ask about the moon landings, by the way. We'll get there some (laughs) other time. Maybe. I don't know. But it was an interesting phenomenon when I realized these devices are listening and we have an Alexa in our house. Maybe you have a Google Home. We have these devices are listening. What would happen If this device that is listening and listening, what would happen if one day it just spewed your secrets to the world? What would happen if your digital trail on your phone, if one day Siri just decided to announce everything that you had gone incognito on, everything that you had tried to hide? I want you to think about this. Because where we want to get today is a place of freedom, a place where we can walk away from this struggle. And before we even get to the message or to the the main text, I want to read for you, just read you some scripture that I hope is going to put us on the same foundation. If you're a Christ follower, you probably think that Christians are, if you're not a Christ follower, you may look at Christians and say, you know what, they're all either self-righteous or they're all righteous and I can never be like that. So I'm just gonna read a passage from Romans chapter 7 of the Apostle Paul, the man who basically wrote most of the New Testament, was considered by pretty much everyone who's a Christ follower. This is probably among the holiest men to ever live. God did more through him and his life than probably any man since, with the exception of Jesus himself. I want you to listen to this letter, what Paul says in this letter. He says, I really don't understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, it shows that I agree that the law is good, so I'm not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to do what is, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I don't want to do it, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I've discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's this power within me that is at war with my mind, this power that makes me a slave to the sin that is within me. Oh, what a miserable person. I am. There are some of us in this room right now and that may be where you are. When you really, maybe you don't even think about your hidden sins, maybe you don't even think about it because a part of you says, you know what, I'm a miserable person. I want to let you know that you're in good company. The, the, the man who wrote most of the Bible, most of the New Testament, he felt this exact same way. He felt this exact same crushing pressure of his sin. He felt the hopelessness too, but he doesn't stop there. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power that leads to sin and death. The foundation that we are standing on as we go to this message, is that there is no condemnation if you are in Christ Jesus. If you have made the decision, you know what, I love God's law. I want to be righteous. I want to be holy. I want to follow him. And if you made the decision, I, you know what, I, I'm going to trust Jesus. I believe he died for my sins. I believe he rose from the grave. I'm going to follow him. If that's you, then Paul says, guess what? You're in the same boat as me. We're struggling with our sin, but you are free. There is going to be no condemnation for you. God is not going to throw you into hell. In fact, you have a relationship. You have been freed by the power of Christ, and there is a power in you that can actually unlock the power of sin in your life. You know, sometimes my kids and I will wrestle or scuffle around, and one of us, me or them, will get chased outside, and it's always fun to lock them out when they get outside. And then the The ultimate in this game when you get somebody outside is to unlock the door without them knowing that you unlock the door and to watch them sit by the door when it's unlocked. And I want to remind us as Christ followers, you have a power inside inside of you, within you, that God has given us a key to unlock this door, that he didn't intend for us to stay locked out, that he has invited us in and he's given us the power to come in. And so that's what we're going to look at today. And this is not Theory. I will let you know, in my life, I remember the first time I ever saw the internet. It was in 1995. It was at the University of Texas. I remember my first email, it was joel.helpin at utexas.edu. And I remember I came home, or I came into my my dorm room. I had three uh, other uh, suite mates, so to speak, and we had one computer. It wasn't in my side, it was uh, on my suite mate's side. And it was the only one and for the first time it was a computer that was attached to the internet i had never experienced this and i remember the first scandalous site that my uh, roommate went to it was the sports illustrated swimsuit issue And uh, and it was accessible online but the weird thing was you had to like wait for the picture it was just like one photo and you had to wait because it came in like thirds or fifths and so it was very very odd because Uh, we were laughing about it at the time, but the reason we could laugh about it is we didn't understand the danger. Because the the one saving grace we had at the time is that this was one computer, it faced outwards, and there's no way we could have gotten on that computer without everyone else knowing our business. But what I, I, I come to find out is that when we are given a tool that allows us to hide, all of a sudden, the things that we may not think are dangerous become dangerous. And that happened for me many times in my life. I've had to overcome sin. And I haven't done it. Actually, God has done it through me. But it always starts with a process we're going to talk about, whether it's pornography, whether it's pride, whether it's jealousy, all of the struggles, that, the sin struggles I've ever overcome have come through what I'm going to talk about today. And it's going to be in the same uh, letter of uh, Paul, his, his letter to the Romans, and we're going to be in chapter 6, okay? Romans chapter 6, starting at verse 15, if you have your books or if you want to go to connectionpoint.life, you can find it there, or you can just go to your Bible app, whatever you have. This is Paul writing again, and he's writing to a church, church people. They, they've accepted Christ, they love Christ, they love Jesus, but for some reason, he's writing just to Christians, and he's talking a lot about how we free ourselves from sins that should tell us something. He says to them, what then, are we to sin because we are not under the law but under grace? How many Christians have asked themselves this? Hey, I don't have to live differently. I got freedom. I'm forgiven. It's it's great being a Christian. I can do whatever I want. And God's just going to forgive me and forgive me. And I'll tell you, that mindset is the reason that some of us are stuck in sin today. Is because we think, I can live just like everyone else. I can just keep going sinning. So Paul calls this out from the beginning. Are we going to just keep going this direction? He says, by no means. Now I'm going to give you... What I'm calling like a, just a three-step process, but the, really there's one key here that most of us miss when it comes to seeing God change our life. The first thing I want you to see is that you need to recognize who you are chained to. This is what Paul says in the, in the following verse. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to Righteousness. Whoever you're obeying, he says, that's who you're a slave to. That's who you're chained to. And all of us as as Christians or people that would come to church, even as a visitor, all of us would say, you know what, hey, I go to church. I'm a good person. And we would try to convince ourselves, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm godly. I'm good. But when we look at the things that we're hiding or what we're actually doing, we see, you know what, I may be chained to something else. You know, for me... For the last two years, I've been on Weight Watchers. I pay a company to tell me how much I can eat, okay? And it's done pretty good. I've lost like 40 pounds or so, except for the last week, okay? The last week, I've done everything Weight Watchers tells me to do. I've paid them money. But last night I had a 2,000 calorie meal, which was incredible, but it was not what Weight jo- my app was screaming at me, stop eating. Now, the truth is, is that I can tell you, hey, I could stand up here and say, hey, I'm on Weight Watchers. Yeah, yeah I pay it for this app. I log everything. But when it comes to what I'm actually eating, if I'm, not, if, I'm, if I'm using the app to decide what I'm eating, that's the way you're supposed to. Is you look, okay, I have enough points. I can eat this. I have enough calories. I can eat this. That's not how I've been using it this week. I've been thinking, you know what? I'm just going to log all that. I don't care what it says because I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to Chili's, and at Chili's, I had a feast, Okay. So who's guiding who? Some of us trick ourselves with this mindset that because I've come to church, because I'm, I'm a good person, I'm not chained. And the first thing you need to recognize, Paul says, listen, you need to understand you're chained to somebody. You're living for someone. You're worshiping someone. There is somebody that is leading you that is chained, that you are chained to. And it may be Jesus. It may be, it may be that you're following God. Or it may be that you're saying you're following God, and the reason that you are struggling in this sin is because you haven't even admitted to yourself, you know what, I am caught, I am dead to rights, I cannot fix this. You're kind of like the uh, Black Knight in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. You get your arm caught off, and it's a, it's a flesh one. You get your other one caught off, I am still ready to fight. You get both legs caught off, hey, there's nothing wrong here, no problems here. And you never admit, you know what, I'm defeated. I can't even get going. When you get on Google Maps, what's the first thing it has to know before it can get you where it wants to go? It has to know where you're at. But most of us won't even admit where we're at. We won't even admit we're hiding a sin, we're struggling. The first thing I would tell you is you've got to recognize who you're chained to. You've got to understand, you may be following Christ, you may be reading, maybe, you may be coming to church, you may be reading your Bible, but you may be first and foremost chained to a sin. If you're trying to cover a digital trail and you know you're going to continue to do this, and you don't even think about it anymore, this is just what we do. Are we going to go on sinning? By no means. We're going to admit we're chained to something we don't want to be chained to anymore, and we've got To confess that starting with ourselves we've got to admit it to ourselves the second thing i want you to see is you have to align your heart to god now this is the secret sauce this is the this is the step that we skip whenever it comes to seeing life change in 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 our lives to seeing god actually move in our lives this is what he says he says but thanks be to god that you who were once slaves to sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you are committed and having been set free from sin you have become slaves to righteousness. Now that is, you're chained to doing good stuff. You're chained to, to following God. You're chained to it. Now you it's just natural you follow there. But what I want you to see is this little process that happens that we skip over. A couple of words I want, you to, I want to highlight here. The first one, this word standard of teaching. Now, the actual literal meaning from this would be form or mold. Like if you make a mold of something and that's what it conforms to. And so he says there's this... Teaching you've been given, and that teaching is for a reason. It's to mold you into something. You're, the teaching of God, the teaching in the Bible is to mold you into the likeness of Christ. It's to mold you in to the image of God that you are supposed to be living in. God's doing something through this teaching. But before you just get to the mold, the person you're supposed to be, there's a, a phrase before this: you have become obedient from the heart. I think this is a phrase we skip quite often when we try to change things in our life. We try to maybe just make the checklist. Here's what I'm gonna do tomorrow to change my life. And we go straight to the mold, straight to what the image that we're trying to become. If you're trying to lose weight, you know what I'm gonna do tomorrow? I'm I'm gonna start eating, I'm gonna start this new diet. And you think I'm gonna go straight to the diet. And you and you go into the diet and you realize. You don't really want to be on the diet. You really don't want to be doing all. You want the form. You like the form. You like where it'll be. You, you like that part. But you don't actually want to go through the process. You haven't had your heart aligned to God's yet. I will tell you, to keep on this health kick that I seem to be on, my wife had a suggestion a few uh, days ago. She said, hey, let's, I'm thinking about doing a whole 30. A whole 30 is a way to cl- eat clean for 30 days and we've done it before sometimes it goes well sometimes it doesn't go so well and what I've noticed for me is that there this is a very unscientific thing I'm about to say okay but for me what I've noticed is anytime I try to change my life is there is a one to two ratio on how it goes for every one day I spend preparing I can usually last two days so a few years ago I did a 40-day fast 40-day fast of just water I had a little sips of juice But it was all, and you know, for about 10 days, I prepared my mind every day. I prayed for strength. I prayed. And you you know what? I got 20 days into this pretty easily. 20 days into it because my mind was there. But that 20th day, I was like, you know what? I want to eat. I want some food. I'm done with this. And so what I had to do to make it the whole way is I had to go back and I had to start aligning my my heart to God again. I had to go back and start praying, God, give me the strength for this. And I had to get my mind focused on, God, you have called me to this. I want to accomplish what you have set before me. And I had to go back and every single day I had to get my mind right. The same goes for every challenge, whether it's a diet, whether it's working out, whether it's just being nice to somebody that I didn't want to be nice to. I have found that I have to spend time aligning my heart to the form that I want to be. Now here's where most of us mess up with the image of God. We say to ourselves, I want to stop looking at pornography. We say to ourselves, you know what, I want to get off social media. What we don't think about is the form we really want. I want my heart to reflect God's heart. I want my marriage to, to reflect God's heart from my marriage. It's not that I want to stop doing this. It's that I want to be this form of who God created me to be. And, and until we align our heart, you know what? I want to glorify God in my marriage. And, I, and it's not just that we say it until we are there. Until In fact, I'll be honest with you this whole 30, I'm about to start. I know that I, uh, I've for seven days, I've been preparing my mind. So I know about two weeks in, I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm pretty much done with this. I know that I'm going to have to come back and I'm going to have to continually renew my mind. Who do I want to be? I want to be someone who, who has supported my wife in this journey. I want to be someone who who has called to this form that I want to achieve, but the form can't just be what I don't want to do. It can't just be behavioral change. The form is the image of God. I want to be a husband who's sexually pure for my wife. I want to be a single person who's living holy and pure. That's the form I want to be. And I'll never be able to stop my addictive uh, uh, behaviors until I know. It's more than just stopping. It's there's somebody I want to be. I've got to get there. What I would tell you, and this is something you may be radically different. If you are struggling with an addiction, whether it's pornography or something else, I would say, hey, don't go tomorrow and change everything. I would say, start today. And just begin praying, God, change my heart. God, make me want, make me truly want to, to love you more than I love that. Make me truly want to live like this more than I want to live like that. And, and I would keep praying and praying until my heart is there. Until I get up the same way, if, you, if you're unhealthy in the way you eat, God, make me want to be healthy. Make me want to, to glorify you with the way I live my life. And until I get my heart aligned to where, you know what, I want to live today and I wake up that day and I spend time with the Word and I say, you know what, this is who I want to be today. I want to live in the image of God. Until I'm to that point, it is a fool's errand to just say I have the power to change my life. You have to align your heart with God's will. To me, instead of stop, don't pray, stop. God, let me stop looking at porn. Pray this, pray, God, conform my heart to your heart. Let me pursue you today instead of myself. The last thing that I would say is then after that, after your heart's there, after you've prepared yourself and your mind is where God's mind would have you. I wanna be this holy person. I wanna be where I've spent time in prayer. It may have been a day, it may have been a week, it may have been a month. But after you've prayed and you've got it to where, you know what? this is who God's calling me to be. This is who I want to be. After you get there, then you present yourself to God willingly, not begrudgingly. All right, I'm going to go into this diet, kicking and screaming. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to delete Facebook. I'm going to do all these things. I don't want to, but I'm going to do No, you get your mind right through prayer and through focusing on God. And when you get there, you say, God, here I am. Now you mold me. Look what he says. He said, I'm going to speak in human terms because of your natural limitations. That's pretty kind of him. Just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, you used to get up with no rules. You just said, Hey, how am I going to live today? However, I feel like living. He says, You used to live like that, but now, how are you going to live? So now you're going to present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. He uses this big word, sanctification. This word, sanctification, is important. Sanctification is the process in which God cleanses us. And it's very important to understand you don't cleanse yourself. You don't cleanse your digital trail. You cannot escape it. God does it in you. God does it in you. And so he says, the way that you present yourself for God to sanctify you is you align your will to him. You put yourself in his image and say, God, I've prayed so much. There was a time when I was living where I desired those things, where I desired to look at those things, where I desired to to go to those places. But now I've spent time in prayer. I've spent time truly saying, I want to live the person that I've been pretending to be. And my, my, my heart is aligned to yours. And now I'm presenting myself to you, God, to do whatever you will with me. He says, now I'm presenting to you as if I'm your slave, as if I'll, ju- I'll follow you wherever you go. You see, what the mistake we make is we present ourselves without ever aligning our heart. And, and what happens is we walk a ledge. In fact, I I, I made a video or had Joey actually pull this video of walking a ledge. Just so we're clear, I want you to watch this video of what it looks like to walk a ledge. There's like 10 minutes of that and it drives you nuts when you watch it, okay? Now listen, whether you like it or not, this is how some of us are living our Christian life. Some of us are living our Christian life and we're saying, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to, I'm not gonna align my, my will to God. I'm not going to, to, to align my will to God first. I'm just gonna go out there and I'm gonna have this tension constantly in my life. What I wanna do and what God wants me to do. And I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna tightrope walk that at all times. The way this plays out, and the best illustration I can tell you is there's a question that every single and, and, and teenager asks me, and that is, how far is too far with my girlfriend? How far is too far with my boyfriend? And what they're asking is, how can I walk this tension? How can I, how far is too far? And I used to get answers when I was a kid. People would say, oh, you can kiss on the cheek. You can hold hands and this and that. And what I've figured out is that's the wrong question. That's the tension of, of trying, the question you should be asking is you should have said, you know what, I want to glorify God. God, how holy can I be in this relationship? That's what it looks like when you get rid of the tensions. That's what it, what it looks like when you say, I'm going to align my heart to God, and I'm going to live my life to where, God, how holy can I be in this, in this relationship? How much can I glorify you in this relationship? And if you'll do that process far, first of aligning your heart to God, then you'll be asking a question that doesn't put you on a ledge. You'll be like the rest of us who go into the middle of the building and we look at all those people on the ledge and we say, You're foolish. Eventually, it's going to get you. My hope for us is that you'll spend some time this week with whatever struggle you're struggling with to begin to align your heart to God. And I'm going to invite you to do that right now. What we're going to do is. The band in just a moment is going to come up, and, and they're going to play. And I know that there are some of us that we're hiding stuff. This is what uh, Proverbs 28:13 says. It says, people who conceal their sin will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. One of the priorities of this church that you can see out there is we prioritize authenticity over being artificial. You cannot see your life change if you live an artificial life. So what I want to invite us to do is, as the band is about to play, and they're just going to lead us in some worship songs, I want to invite you to begin praying for your heart. Maybe it's for your child's heart. Maybe if you know someone that's straight, it's for their heart. And I want to give you three verses to pray. Okay? And each one of us, just as the band, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and make it less awkward. I'm going to invite the band up right now. We didn't talk about this, but I'll go ahead and invite the band up. The first verse I want to give to you is for those of you that have a digital trail and you have sin that may be crushing you and you may think you can never escape it I want to give you 1 John 1 chapter or verse 9 it says this if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness if you've confessed to God there's no condemnation in this church there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus when you confess your sins whether it's to first to you and God God promises to forgive them he promises to cleanse them and say you know what will start we will I will forgive you for those sins and if you confess to a church member if you confess to one of us and you you know you know what I got to bring this into the light there'll be no condemnation in fact after this message I'm gonna be over here uh, with my wife and then we'll have some of the elders and their wives over here and if you come and confess anything to us you will find no condemnation in this church for those of us that right now are stuck in sin you can't get free You've tried your checklist, you've tried to fix it yourself, you tried to clean your trail yourself and you can't do it, I want to give you the words of David in Psalm 5110. He prayed this, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Some of us, we just need to spend some time in prayer admitting, you know what, God, I need my heart to align with the way I want to live, the way I want to be. And maybe you just sit while the rest of us sing for a little bit and you just say, God, change my heart. And this is the first prayer of many you're going to pray over the next few days and weeks. God, begin to make me want. Make me have a spirit inside that wants holiness, that wants to run from this. So when the moment comes to make the decision, I I don't even want it. The last one is this. For those of you that have decided to live differently and you... Maybe have made radical choices that people are looking at you saying, why would you do that? And they don't understand that there's a battle that's not just within, that the battle of the heart's within and without. We've got to make different choices with our devices. In fact, in these books, in fact, I I even listed some or put a list on ConnectionPoint.life. Some of you that have dug in and researched this and said, you know what, I need to make new changes. I need to change the way I use my phone. I need to make changes. Here's the verse I want to give you. This is Acts chapter four. This is the believers who prayed when they were being persecuted. In fact, their leaders had just been thrown in jail. They prayed this. Now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I pray today that we find healing like never before. And so right now, I'm just gonna say a word of prayer And for about 30 seconds, maybe a little longer than that, I want all of us just to spend some time in prayer. Feel free to stay seated, to stand, to pray with someone else. That's fine. And as the band begins to sing, some of you may feel, you know what, I still need to to pray some more. That's totally fine. And after we dismiss from this service, I'll be over here. If you need more prayer, we'll be ready to pray. And we're going to be praying that God will change our heart, that he will sanctify us. And that he'll give us the strength to present ourselves to him with an aligned heart. Let's pray. Lord, I know with all my heart that some of us in here have been pretending. Maybe we struggle with pornography. Maybe it's another addiction. Maybe it's the low self-esteem where we look so much at other people online and in other situations and we think we're not good enough so we put on a smile and we pretend to, and we end up just hiding who we really are and where we really are. Lord, in this moment, I just pray a a prayer of confession. Lord, I pray that the areas of my life that are not conformed to you, that you'll identify those and the places that maybe I'm hiding something, you'll reveal that to me. Lord, I pray today you'll begin to change my heart. Let me want to be the person you've created me to be. Let me want to live how you would have me live. Let me live in the image of God. Lord, let me want to live in the image of God. Lord, as we continue to pray, Lord, I pray that those of us who have been for so long pressed and crushed, Feeling as if we're not worthy or not good enough, I pray that we'll resonate with the words of Paul. Lord, we are all sinners in this building, but we have a Savior who has told us we are not condemned, who has told us we are free. In fact, He unlocked the door. Let let those of us that are just standing outside come in in this moment. It's in Your name we pray.